Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Matthew Rodriguez. And I'm a little under the weather, but she is going to march through it. And you look so great still. Oh my gosh, thank <laughs> you. And then we have a very special guest with us today. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kimberly Ann Southwick. I'm Ian's best friend. Yes. <laughs> Been friends since she was in eighth grade and I was in ninth grade. So, what we like to do with our guests is have them tell us their Buffy origins. Kim, tell us your Buffy origin that I already know. Well, obviously, my Buffy origin story is that I'm Ian's best friend, and he told me that I had to watch it, and I said, okay, okay, fine. And then I never watched it. So then he lied to me and told me that they were going to take it off of Netflix, (laughs) so I had to watch it, otherwise I was never going to get to watch it, unless I borrowed all of his DVDs, which he was never going to lend to me, because they're so precious and special. Um, but he might have, who knows. Anyway, they never really took it off of Netflix, and I watched then all of Buffy, followed by all of Angel, and yeah. was glad I did. And it was great, because she live-texted me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you um, lied. I did, yeah. I mean, now it's off Netflix, so technically, I wasn't. You were talking theoretically in that one day, <laughs> yeah. it will be off Seven Netflix. years later, or something <laughs> crazy like that. <laughs> Well, the lengths we go to for our love of Buffy. Yeah. So today, um, viewers, listeners, I don't know, um, readers, Peter, people out there, (laughs) we are going to be talking about two episodes that kind of have similar themes and are, I mean, in in terms of, I think a lot of, a lot of the focus of these two episodes is on Buffy's relationship with her mother. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Ted and Bad Eggs. And I think that these are two episodes that have a bad rap and they happen right before probably the two most important episodes in Buffy history. Um, and let's just talk about them. So Ted, I always remember as being an episode I don't really like. Ted is probably my least favorite episode of Buffy. Oh really? Like ever? Um, I can't, I'm sick right now. I like (laughs) my brain is much like I can't even think, but I'm going to go on record right now. But if, I can correct the record in the future. You always can, yeah. But for now, at least let's say since we've started the podcast, Ted is my least favorite episode that we've watched okay. and it's like probably in my bottom three. Okay, that's fair. <coughs> um, yeah, I think I remember thinking that the, epi- that the, excuse me, the season was getting too episodic. You know, and it was just like, what crazy thing is going to happen now? And it's funny because like then an episode later it gets... Yeah, no, no. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... When I watched it for the podcast, I felt like I was getting really mad at Joyce. Like, and I mean, they do give you that explanation of like, oh, the like cookies he made. Like, they say what? It has like, like traces of ecstasy almost. It was something, I don't know if it was ecstasy, but it was a drug that like made you calm. So it was like some kind of tranquilizer or something. Um, Because for me, that's still not a good enough excuse. Right. Well, I just also think that, I mean... It reminds me of, um, well, they're trying to do something with, with her being a single mother and they're mm-hmm. trying to like bring that into the conversation, but this just feels like, and I think it's a, but I also think it's a very obvious way to do that. Like, yes. okay, give her a boyfriend, but also like, why does the boyfriend need to be a robot? Sorry, spoiler alert for everyone <laughs> who's listening, but like, that's just, there could have been a supernatural element or something that was more than just robot. It could have been that he was behind some kind of like monster of the week that Buffy was fighting or that he could have been that monster, you know, shapeshifted or whatever. Yeah. I just think that the robot was such a, it's so cheesy. Yeah. I mean, granted they do continue with robot stuff, 
like they have the Buffy bot and like that's cool that's like more fun yeah that's more fun this is so so anyway I mean I think he's like a jerk robot yeah (laughs) he's an asshole robot like rest in peace Ritter (laughs) but like he's an asshole robot and also when he gives Willow those floppy disks sorry (laughs) like because there's so many floppy disks, like eight <laughs> floppy disks. And that even at the end of the episode, and she Willow apparently keeps part of like the robot to like study him or something. Yeah, right. And it's like, oh, he must have been a genius if he could have built this robot of himself. And it's like, no, don't redeem Ted. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. yeah. So that's annoying. So, I mean, I think we want to get more to bad eggs, but um, do we have a lot of notes on Ted? I think I have one or two major things that I want to point out. Um... I mean, I get, like, like literally watching the episode. I watched it last night again, and I, like, I always, like, you, I kind of, like, think of it as, oh, I don't really like this episode, but I did get, like, actually mad when he's, like, do you want me to slap you when they're playing golf? And I'm, like, why doesn't Buffy punch him in the fucking face? Right. Like, <laughs> it, like if, um, if a person that my parent was dating ever threatened to slap my face... Like, right? I'd be, like, bitch, you're out this bitch. <laughs> yeah, no. Like... <laughs> sorry. And I'd be furious with my mom and like, also she's a slayer like she could have done something right now i'd be like i wish you would slap me yeah slap me right in front of all these people yeah and watch me beat you up <laughs> and i'll kick your fucking spark plugs bitch. <laughs> like no um so like that actually like which i guess is to the credit of the episode but maybe just because i love buffy so much like i'm like how dare you say that to her and like get like mad which like you're clearly not supposed to be happy about it so i mean i get more mad that like yeah, I'm like, she's the Slayer. Like, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> um, but it, so I think you brought something up before we started the podcast, which makes so much sense. It's like, this is a center of supernatural convergence, blah, blah, blah. There's all this, like, why does the robot shit also have to happen to Buffy? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, there's no, there's no reason for a robot to come into her life. And it is weird. It's like one of the first times they do that where it's not like, like a demon or a vampire. It's like, right. just like a weird robot. And the guy made it, like... Yeah. I mean, I don't know... I don't remember from the first two seasons as much before this episode, like, how much about Buffy's dad we know. But there is, like, one weird line in this where, like, their mom's like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, what do... Blah, blah, blah. And, like, they mention something about her dad. Um, which I thought was weird. Because I couldn't really remember about her dad. Is her dad still alive? Yeah. yeah. Well, they, yeah they, okay. So in the early seasons, actually, they mentioned him more, and he's not a factor in the later seasons. Yeah. So I think a lot of people who rewatch, because if you rewatch Buffy a lot, or if you just watch one-offs, I would say the episodes we've discussed on the podcast so far from season one and prior to Angel being bad season two, mm-hmm. um, those are not episodes that people revisit. Correct. Yeah, and like those I are always... and those are you and those are the episodes that have the most mentions of Buffy's dad. So I always think of like Joyce as such a single mom. Like her momness in this episode is overwhelming. I'm like, <laughs> this could literally be a mom, like in <laughs> yeah. real life. Like I'm it's so believable. Um and like Giles as like the substitute father figure, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so like I don't even remember like if she if she even had a dad, obviously she has a dad. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's really weird because in the first I wanna the first like two seasons, they don't make him as terrible of a father. Like is it, it's between seasons one and two where she spends a summer with him, right? Yes. Yeah, and so, like, he's not, but then, like, later on, it's like he's not existent. Yeah, he doesn't even, yeah. like, they mention that he doesn't send a card when the mom dies, like. Yeah. So, like, they they definitely, like, play it on, which is weird because, like, they reuse that actor in the season six episode where she, like, loses her mind. Mm-hmm. And he, the dad's there, so it's not like they didn't keep him around, but. 
Yeah, at this point, he's not so terrible, I guess, right? Like, I mean, he kept her for the summer, so he's not like that. Yeah, so I mean, to, for me, I guess, I was like, oh, maybe they just needed to, like, mention the dad. Like, yeah, right. that's why it happened to her. But to, like, remind us that she, yeah. you know, she's a single mom because the dad, like, they got a divorce. I don't yeah. know. But I guess that's not really an issue because he has been in the things before. So there's two things that this episode brings up for me. Number one is that I think that it's too light and silly of an episode to deal with the fact that Buffy thinks she killed a human. Because that's such a big deal. (laughs) Right. Like, she's literally dealing with the first time thinking that she has hurt someone who is mortal or whatever. And, like, it's in this, like, dumb Ted episode. And it's (laughs) so... It's, like, it's it's atonal with the rest of the episode to have her fighting some, like robot with like his half face off talking about Parcheesi to also have her like dealing with taking a human life mm-hmm. and then also dealing with like this if we're just like the way she's seeing it as just like this abusive man dating her mother like yeah. right those are all like pretty heavy for like a oh it's a robot he he like right <laughs> so I just feel like the yeah the stakes are like too I don't know if it's too high or too low actually but like <laughs> The stakes are too low because it's just a robot episode to, like, introduce the themes of, like, that we're going to actually explore, spoiler alert, in season three when, like, Faith actually does cross that line. So it's, it's, like, really weird to have them explored kind of, like, haphazardly in this one episode. Yeah. Also, like, going off, like, the bad jokes, I guess, of this episode, um, he's a salesman and she thinks that he killed her and I was like, death... (laughs) of a salesman? Like, that's a bit much. A bit much there. Like, is this supposed to be a funny joke? Well, well, this show is obsessed with Death of a Salesman because they also talk about it in Restless. Oh, yeah, in the Dream episode. Do you remember that? In the Dream episode, and they're like... And so, in the Dream episode, they are putting on a production of Death of a Salesman. (laughs) I I forget who's dreaming it. I think it's It's Willow. Willow. It's Willow, yeah. Um, But Willow... But it's not actually Death of a Salesman. It's just, like, Buffy looking like um, Catherine Zeta-Jones in Chicago... Um, complaining about men <laughs> and Riley dressed as a cowboy, cowboy talking about being a salesman. And Buffy goes, you men and your sales. sales. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing that this brings up for me is how... So there are some shows that are like, oh my god, great. Like, it's all guest stars, like Will and Grace. Buffy is really bad at handling yeah. special guest stars that are too special. Like... They always give them terrible episodes, like John Ritter, obviously, and Ted. Also, it's a really weird, like, I feel like, wait, also, Kim is really bad at pop culture. Kim, do you know who he is? He looks familiar. (laughs) He was the star of Three's Company. That's what he's best known for. Okay. And so he was, so part of the main three, Jack, Chrissy, and, um, Jack, Chrissy. I don't remember their names. Um... Suzanne Summers, Janet, chick with black Jack, hair, Janet and, and Chrissy. Y'all can't see me. I'm shrugging. <laughs> and um, so he and so the whole thing. It was a '70s sitcom, and they all lived together. And to convince their downstairs landlord, Mister Roper, that they could live together, Jack had to. So John Ritter had to pretend to be gay all the time. Oh my god, I forgot that that was the premise of the show. Yeah, because like he wouldn't like rent to them because he thought it was weird. So instead he was like, oh yeah, I'm gay. So he would be like a ladies man most of the time. But then when Mr. Roper came around, Mr. Roper would make a bunch of gay jokes about him. So there was a gay joke in this episode that I that kind of caught me off guard. Which was when was um, it? Or maybe I'm just like reading it like that. So I wrote, I wrote it down in my notes. <laughs> um, 
Buffy's mom says, do you know how rare it is to find a man who cooks? And Ted's like, I've been looking for that man for a while. And everyone's like, ha ha ha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so funny. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's weird, right? Yeah, it's really it caught weird. me off guard there. Um, well, they're like, yeah, they're not always the best with those things. But also, I was like, you know, 97, 98. Um, but I mean, maybe like now I perceive it as a gay joke, quest, like a questionable gay joke. But, it's but also back just then, like I don't know like what, if we would have perceived it that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that, especially with this show, where you have to be like, well. (laughs) Um, The thing I wanted to point out was that Cordelia's the one that, like, figures everything out, kind of. Like, Oh my gosh. It's, we need, we need theme music for when we stand for Cordelia. (laughs) I know, I even told myself, Ian, you talk about Cordelia too much on this podcast, stop it. I told myself I wouldn't this time. But wait, so, remind me how Cordelia figures it all out. She, um... Crap, I forget. It's like, she's the one that, like, maybe, or, boy, can I not remember. I just remember when they're sitting there, that she's also the one that's, like, weirdly coming to Buffy's defense. She's like, oh, but, like... Oh, yeah. And that's when they have the line of Willow's, like, in a fascist society, and Cordelia's like, oh, we should have one of those. (laughs) Um, But I forget what she does. Kim's looking it up. Um, Yeah, um... But it's when they're sitting there that like Cordelia figures something out. Oh, something is it like a decor? I think no. I think isn't it something where um, Xander is eating the chocolate chip cookie? Yeah, isn't yeah. she the one who figures it out? Or maybe or is it Giles? He someone snaps the cookie out of Xander's mouth because what happens is they're all upset and then. Um, Xander eats a cookie and he's like, come on, guys. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's either Cordelia or Giles or both. Like, Cordelia looks at the cookie and is like, what? And then, like, Giles breaks it off and examines it. Yeah, that sounds right. Right enough. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Cordelia, like, does a lot here. Um... And I just feel like I really like that she is part of the group. I don't know. She, like, goes to investigate Ted's house or his, like, bunker, wherever it is. Um, Because Willow grabs the cookie from Xander and she figures it out. Um, I just looked it up while I was yapping. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. And I also, so this is one of my favorite lines that I forget is from this episode. And I forgot it was from this episode until I watched it when... Giles is like, you know, Buffy would never know. Buffy, like, you know, is dealing with death. You would never know what that's like to kill a mortal. And Cordelia's like, yeah, and you would know because you raised that demon that killed that guy that one time. And he goes, yes, do bring that up as often as possible. (laughs) And, like, I always think it's from a different episode because I like that line so much. Because she's not even saying it to be a dick. She's literally just saying, like, you did the thing, you know. (laughs) And Giles is like, ugh. Because I always love when Giles has to be with, like, one of those people. Like Cordelia or Anya. Um, and that's like pretty much all I have to say about Ted is that I really like that line. I'm cutting you off for this episode from standing for Cordelia. Okay. <laughs> we can't do it anymore. All right. Can I bring up a Willow thing? Yes. So at the very end when they're walking down the hall and they're doing that thing where Xander's explaining everything that happened so that we the viewers know about how Ted was like a, you know, some genius guy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Because the episode's crap. Um, and they find out that Willow kept the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buffy's like, you, you know, you. She specifically says, "You're supposed to use your powers for good." And Willow's like, "I just want to learn stuff." And it made me think of like Willow's character and how like she is all about like you know, 
learning stuff and like acquiring knowledge and she does like eventually like really overstep yeah. bounds in order to like see how far she can take her her powers if you will yeah. like that we find out she has or gets or whatever um and how that i was like foreshadowing is that foreshadowing well, i also think it's foreshadowing that like she knows like robotics because like she ha- is the one who always has to repair the buffy bot and stuff like that and she like basically who makes so who makes the buffy bot it's spike warren. asks warren, warren to yeah. make it so she but she like does upkeep on it. Right. So so she learns from that. So it's kind of foreshadowing that, too, that she knows a little bit of robotics. Let us talk about Bad Eggs, because I think Bad Eggs doesn't get the praise that it deserves. <laughs> it's actually a really good episode. Minus the eggs. <laughs> Minus the eggs. But, so, okay. It starts with a little scene that a lot of Buffy episodes don't start with. Yeah. And it has, like, her and her mom at the mall, and... Like, Joyce is on her about her lack of responsibility, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. because she asks her to return a dress and instead, or pick up a dress, and instead Buffy slays a vampire. No, no. Well, no, she, go, she goes to she follow... Saves, she saves a woman. She saves a woman yes. from one of the Gorge brothers. She does not actually slay him. Yeah. No, and, and they're having, like, a really bad makeout session anyway. It's like, I'm like, is that even kissing? <laughs> um, so she saved her also from bad kissing. Yeah. Um, so it's like... It's a really interesting little scene that starts the whole episode. And they're at um, the mall. Right. Setting up the... like. It doesn't look like typical Sunnydale set. Yeah, yeah. It looks like an actual mall. Yeah, they've gone to a new setting that we've yeah. never been to before. And, I mean, like, the episode is about Buffy's relationship with her mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly. And then, kind of, Joss, I feel like, uses the metaphor of, like, them having to be parents... Um, to, mm-hmm. like, counteract the Buffy mother thing going on. So I actually think that it's an interesting... So uh, so there's two through lines, and then the other thing, as Ian was talking about earlier when he was watching it, we were watching it together, is that um, aside from those... So there's the the A plot of the of the Bazaar, the B plot of Buffy and her mother, and then kind of the C plot of the, of the, the, the brothers, yeah. the Gorch brothers. So we've talked about this before, that, like, in its infancy, Buffy doesn't do a lot of episodes that have a lot going on, but this is one of them that actually has a lot going on and it does it very well. Yeah, I kind of like that. There, yeah, like for me, it all works that there's so much going on. And I like having these, like, the brothers are literally just annoying her. Like, they're just like a really big inconvenience um, and then, you know, show up at the end and like, again, inconvenient. Like, they're not even like... that much of a threat like they're just well they've been around for a while too so we you know you've met these other characters that are vampires that have been around for a while that you know don't get slayed immediately so you know they get to look them up in the book and apparently they like killed a lot of vampires in mexico no it's that they killed a town and then he says that's before they were vampires oh yeah yeah, yeah. always bad they were always bad people yeah it made me think how weird it was that like when you look back at history like it's all like the bad things like that these guys like killed all these people it's not like (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. I mean, we should obviously, like, keep track of the bad things. It's good. But, like, I don't know. I think of, like, the no notoriety movement these days for when, like, people do mass murders and how, like, putting the victims, like, in the forefront of the news is, like, more important. I don't know why it made me think of that. Maybe because I was trying to think too much. But, <laughs> yeah. Because there they were. Their pictures in the encyclopedia yeah. for, like, literally killing, like, a whole time. I'm <laughs> That's like, true. what about that those really people? What about their stories? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been much of an episode if they were like, well, we think they might have killed these people. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so also in this episode, they do a good job of setting it up for 
as I told you guys before, like, Angel says, like, to Buffy, you don't care what happens in a year, five years from now, and, like, Buffy literally just is, like, obsessed with Angel. Like, she can't mm-hmm. see... Well, here's the... So here's two things. Or Which is, to be fair, she's a teenager, so... Well, yeah, I mean, so like? we talked about three things that are going on in this episode. The fourth, the D-plot, is that, like... This is the episode right before shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. And so aside from being about the Bazaar, the brothers, Buffy and her mom, there's also a Buffy Angel plot in yeah. this episode. There's a lot of making out in this episode. <laughs> there's a lot of making out. Like it so begins much like out. yeah, there's so much making out. And um, that line, like I can't see anything but it's like I was instantly transported to how I felt about people in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because you don't see any and then I wanted to be like do you remember back in, like, the early 2000s, there was, like, that kind of mildly offensive YouTube character that was, like, the sassy best friend who used to come up to girls and be, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I wanted to be that in that moment <laughs> and be, like, girl, like, why... You should be seeing plenty of D and not just Angel's D. Like, you should not be thinking, like... Although, at this point, she might not have seen it yet. Well, no, she hasn't, but I just mean in general. I substitute talking about people's Ds for people. Oh, also, <laughs> I wanted to bring this up with the two of you. Now I can't remember which episode it is. Which episode are they... Oh, no, it's this one, where they're in sex ed. Yes. Does Cordelia... Is Cordelia saying that her and Xander have had sex? Because that's what it sounds like. No, I think they're just really talking about, like, just, like, gender roles. Well, no, yeah. because Cordelia says, what happens if you're, like, making out and you hit the gear shifter on our... Like, they're talking about sex, and she says, what happens if it's in a car and you hit the gear shifter... I think she's probably talking about someone else at that point. Okay. I did not. I didn't. I think it that as they're very clear that they haven't had sex. But I actually, what I was thinking about with that line was whether because Xander is a virgin because Xander right because he loses his virginity it. to faith yeah. and right. she's asking for a friend <laughs> right. So, but I think that that line is like admitting that Cordelia is not okay. I actually think she is talking about herself, but that she's talking about someone else, or that she has had it yeah um in some capacity, and that that triggers Xander. That's why Xander gets mad. And that's why okay. he gets mad because he's she's talking about an experience with someone else. And that would be very Xander. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that scene just because I never actually had a sex ed class like that. That was, but I've seen them on TV a million times. So I was like, oh, it's the sex ed class scene, you know, like in Mean Girls. It's like yeah, we've had sex. sex we both had sex ed. No, but not like that. It was never like, <laughs> why is sex bad? It was true. like abstinence. Yeah, true. Good for you. My sex ed class in high school was taught by an 80 year old woman. Um, Good for and her. She was, she was like, Okay, so I went to school in, like, an urban... In, I'm in an urban area. It's in Jersey, in, like, Hudson County. So it's very, like, it's the city. And there's a lot going on. And she... So we had, like, cops in school and stuff, which I'm against. But We did in my school. Yeah, yeah, so, like, she would call the cops in the classroom every day just because people were talking. What? <laughs> so she would be, like... She would be, like, Miss... She would, like... She had a little key around her neck, and it was the key to, like, the alarm. And she would go to it, and everybody, she's like, y'all won't stop talking. <laughs> and they would, like, have to come and be like, okay, please stop talking. Because <laughs> she was 80. She would, so she would just, like, that was her only recourse. I thought you were going to be like, she was awesome. She was so open. No, well, she not. was the worst. <laughs> and she just was really bad. Yeah, Kim and I were, like, two districts over from each other growing up, but it was basically, yeah, just abstinence. That's it. No life. Yeah. I, we, we watched that thing where, like, the lady gives the birth. Oh, the it? miracle of life. Yeah, but I actually had to go get weighed and measured that day, so I missed it. <laughs> Someone passed out in my class when we watched that. That's what I, that's literally all I think of is that, I don't remember the guy's name, but it was definitely a guy that I think I might have had a crush on, 
And I remember the teacher yelling and being like, what are you doing? Don't, don't sleep. And then like went to touch him and he fell out of his desk because he had passed out. Oh my God. There was a, we'll move on, but it's funny (laughs) because most people think of the miracle of life as like the the baby coming out of the vagina movie. Mm -hmm. But my thing that I always remember is that there's one moment in the miracle of life where they are talking about like that there's a camera inside a man's urethra and it's like showing you the inside of the urethra because it's talking about like the journey of the sperm. Oh. And I remember at one point the, the my class like busted out laughing because the voiceover was like we are now inside the urethra. It is usually a 6 inch long journey and like we all started <laughs> dying laughing. God. Okay. So that's that. <laughs> um so did you did Neither, I never did, and I don't think you did either, Tim. Did you ever get, like, an eggs? I know that was a thing. I never got an eggs, and I never got the baby that you have to put the key in the back. No. I never had any of those things. My sister had the baby with the key. Oh, yeah? Um, but I never had, like, a parenting home ec type thing. I don't know, maybe we had the eggs, but if we did, it was in, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. I, I know I didn't. I don't know. Because even in Bob's Burgers, there was an episode where they, they have, like, a bag of flour, I think, that's the babies. And I was like, do they still do that? Because, I mean, I used to see it on TV all the time when I was younger, but... I feel like I would remember better if it actually happened to me. I feel yeah. like maybe I was just always afraid it was going to Maybe we don't need that anymore because there's Lifetime movies to teach us about True. these things. <laughs> <laughs> and the internet. Like She's Too Young or <laughs> The um, Pregnancy Pact. And also, Buffy, like, expresses... Like, she, like, says, like, she doesn't want to be a single mom like her mother. Mm-hmm. I... Yes, that's very important. Yeah. these Both these episodes are about her relationship with her mom. And, like, mm-hmm. her saying that is so interesting. Because she kind of becomes a single mother once her mom dies. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> I know it's true. Spoiler alert, <laughs> Um, But, yeah, she does. And, um, also, do you know what bizarre is a real word? It is? Yes, it's a real I thing. I knew that. It's like a thing in Harry Potter. Okay, so I want really? you. I, I want you each to guess what you think a bazaar is. Well, he should go first because I'm going to guess from Harry Potter. Okay, a bazaar. But no, it's a real thing, not like a Harry Potter thing. So it's like a real, actual thing. It's, it's a thing. Uh, if if I'm right, I learned about it in Harry Potter. Okay, okay so how about I? So that Kim's a Harry Potter scholar. We both read it and love it, but she remembers everything. I remember. I remember that Harry Potter makes me cry, like <laughs> <laughs> and serious guys. Okay, so a bazaar is just a thing in the world. Okay. Um, I'll give you a category. Okay, yeah. Category is. Category is. Health and medicine. Um, then I'm going to say it's a pimple. Okay. <laughs> um, Ian thinks it's a pimple. I'm going to say that it is some sort of hairball. Okay, you are much closer. Damn it! A bazaar is a solid mass of indigestible material that accumulates in your digestive tract sometimes causing a blockage. They usually form in the stomach or the small intestine or rarely the large intestine. So when, like, Ron or whatever is dying from poison in, like, book the fourth six. One? No, six, yeah. Yeah, and, like, from... Because it's the what's-his-name dude that, like, they Dumbledore and him, like, go back and they bring him back to teach potions because Snape is going to teach Defense Against the Dark Arts and it has to be this guy. Anyway, um... Harry right, shoves right. a bazaar down his throat because he read it in, like, the magical spell book that used to be Snape's. Oh, I just gave... Spoiler alert, Harry Potter. <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah, so that's how I, like... And I remember so, it was, like, yeah. like, a rock covered in hair is what it looked like or something. So there's two kinds of, kinds of bazaars. It's, like, something that can just, in, like, 
become in your stomach if mm-hmm. you eat things unintentionally. And then if you were to swallow something that you know you can't digest, like a stapler, that's then that is that is a bazaar. Oh, Anything that fun. you swallow intentionally that can't be digested oh, is like a bazaar. I like it as that word. That's that's yeah. Good. I'm gonna use that. But the bazaar can't swallow Buffy. Hmm. Buffy is the bazaar of the bazaar. Oh, yeah. She kicks the bazaar's ass. Yeah. She is the bazaar Also, the bazaar. I have to say I love that Buffy moment. Like, for me, that's such a good Buffy moment. <laughs> that, like, oh, it just ate this vampire. Oh, it's controlling everyone. And then it's gonna eat her. And she's just like, well, here's this axe. Let me go kill it. Yeah. And like, Yeah, because if she hadn't had that axe, like, the show would be over. <laughs> yeah. Like, the bazaar would have killed the vampire slayer. Like, that's it. I think one of the interesting things is that, like, you never... Because the bazaar is not, like, a sentient being, it just seems like a little under underground thing that gurgles you don't really get what its plan is like i feel like its plan is to like it hatches these eggs and like the kids latch on to the adults in the town and then it has them dig it out from underneath so then maybe it's supposed to rise to the surface but we obviously don't know what it'll look like like it'll be just a mass of stuff but yeah it seems doomed to fail to me yeah (laughs) yeah um we don't really, yeah, we never really find out. Because, like, yeah, like, where is it going to go? Like, right, what is it going to do? Are there more than one? Like, is this the Bazaar? Does and, Buffy defeat the Bazaar? Well, and the Bazaar is laying the eggs, so the Bazaar, in a way, is a mom. So yes, going with a mom. Is, oh, true. <gasps> yeah, well, Can't oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, this is so deep. <laughs> Buffy is killing the mom. Maybe she's killing her inner mom. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> not going to go psychology, psychology on it. Um, but, so, um, what else is there to talk about? So, um, yeah, so after she defeats the Bazaar, um, okay, no, 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 sorry, we need to backtrack, because we did skip a lot. Yes. We need to talk about Buffy's iron. Oh, yes, the iron. (laughs) This iron that she tries to use, also, I thought that the, the thing that hatches out of the egg is clearly, like, reminiscent of Alien. Yeah, yeah. Like, it looked like the thing from Alien that actually kills people rather than the actual... I'm I'm shrugging again. Yes. Jim, that's the movie with Sigourney Weaver. I saw one of those Alien movies with you one time. So here's the thing. With Alien, kind of what... So, the main... I forget. What's the actual name for the Alien? Is it Xenomorph? Xenomorph? Xenomorph. Yeah. The Xenomorph does kill people, but the thing that's actually scarier than the Xenomorph is, like, the little crawly things, I think, in my mind. The face huggers. The face huggers. They, like, go onto your face and, like, kill you. So these look like the face huggers. And Buffy decides to fight one with this, like, 75-pound iron that is the size of a small child. It is one that plugs into the wall, but it looks very big. Well, I think also because she's so tiny. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar's so tiny. Right. Like, I wonder if Sarah struggled to pick up the iron. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was wondering, as she picked it up, I was like, is she going to plug it into the wall and, like, cook it? Like, but no. That would probably know. smell really bad. Yeah. Also, I feel like that thing looked like something I saw in my last apartment because there would always the be... The iron or the bug? The bug. <gasps> because there was always, like, giant cockroaches no. and mice. No, I don't do it. Don't talk about it. There was one time I was sitting on the couch and watched a, mi- a mouse... A mice. A mice. Watch a mouse crawl up to the trap, like, look at it, and then go around it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn it! <laughs> you are one smart mouse. Right? And it was... And Kevin, my roommate, had bought the, like... It was one of the fancy traps. Like, they go in the box and it shuts. And it literally walked up to it, looked at it, and walked around it. Okay. If you had to live in a house that had either a lot of cockroaches or, like, a couple mice. So, no, let's not do quantity. But, like, if you had to live in a house and then you said you're either going to have a bug infestation or a mouse infestation, which would you rather have? Mouse. I go mouse. Mouse. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. 
the the mice that we, I would see in the apartment would like I'd be annoyed, but I wouldn't be like. Bleh! They shit everywhere, which sucks. Yes, because like, well, it's very un- it's like a sanitary problem more yes. so than bugs. If they get on the counters, or I don't stuff. know. I feel like with mice, you can like more easily trap and release them or kill them. Um, yeah. But roaches, it's like who knows where they're coming from? Yeah, and, and they could be anywhere. Yeah. And, and well, the other thing about roaches oh. is that like, isn't there a statistic that like if you see one roach, you're statistically like fifty yes. feet away from like thousands? Yes. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I know where that actually is in my house in Louisiana, where the thousands live. <laughs> God. Yeah. No good. <laughs> um, and you know, I had funny you bring that up because I remember Kim texting me when you caught a mouse in a pot in your old apartment in Brooklyn. When, yeah, when I lived here. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I remember you like freaking out texting me. You're like, like have it in a pot. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So also in my, I'm looking at the like Wikipedia page. Dawn references Ted. When Dawn meets the Buffy bot. Like, Dawn says... What does she say? Sorry, I know that we're going back to Ted, but I thought that was, like, kind of interesting. Um, that... Blah, 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 blah. No, of course I can't even find it. But, like, Dawn says something about that. About, like, oh, I wonder if it was, like, Ted. Which is, like, a callback, and they don't always do that. Um, I actually think there's a callback to Bad Eggs at one point, too. Is there? Um, we'll look it up. But anyway, let's talk about, um, what else do you want to talk about from Bad Eggs? So when they're in the library and it's like obvious to us that the egg has like made people tired or whatever, um, I think it's, it's like notable to me at least that Xander and Joyce are both like, oh, it's hard to be a parent, you know? Um, and Willow and Buffy are like, we're tired. And I thought, I wasn't sure if that was like a gender roles thing. And Xander kind of cheats, quote unquote, yeah. by like cooking the egg. But then at the same time, like he wins-ish because like he's yeah, not infected. He get, yeah. So I was, I don't know, I was thinking, uh, thinking maybe again a little too hard about that moment where they're like, oh, you poor women who had to like be with the eggs. And like, they have partners. Like, why do Willow and Buffy have the eggs? What are their partners doing? Are they keeping them every night? Like, their partners aren't infected? Well, Buffy doesn't have a partner because oh, that's why she gets partner, upset true, about true. being a single mom. But what about Willow? Yeah. No, that's true. Um, and also, Gordy. Also, like, I kept thinking, like, man, this would be so much easier if they had cell phones. Buffy could have just been like, Angel, can you come to school? Like, <laughs> I kind of need some help with this shit. Um, and I, they, like, don't introduce cell phones until season seven, which I always, is weird because in Angel, immediately they have cell phones. Um, Whatever. I didn't have a cell phone until like a million years, so. This is, so okay, this is the first episode where they actually make reference to the fact that vampires can't have kids. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I so, they, that. and that's when they're having that conversation. Oh, right, right, right. So that kind of brings in the parentage thing, too, because mm-hmm. she's thinking about her future with Angel, and she, like, is kind of, and this is, okay, this is all us in high school, right? Because, like, Sometimes when you're in high school and you're like in love or whatever, blah, 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 it's like she's, he's basically being like, we can't ever have kids. And you can tell that she wants to, but she's so in love that she's kind of like, oh, I don't care. Like, I'll just be with you. Like, I'll give up my dream of ever being a mom because you're the first person I ever like really loved. And it's like, that's really intense. <laughs> well, and her mom's going through such a hard time with her, right? She like doesn't go get the dress. She's got to go in the morning. She has to ground her. And she's, like, still, like, trying to sneak out or whatever. Well, Buffy's mom calls her a burden to yeah. Giles. She's, like, unloading. Yeah. And it's probably the beginning of... But she the... doesn't want to call her a burden. Right, but she does. Yes. It's probably the beginning of the Giles-Joyce thing that we that we explore a little bit in season three. 
Um, and, uh, so yeah, but like literally just like calls her daughter a burden, which like, I'm sure I'm a burden to my parents. Like, I'm I'm sure we all kind of are. Well, especially when you have a single mom. Like, I mean, I had a single mom, so. I had a single mom. Yeah. So I know I, she's such a good, like I I said this already, but I'm going to say it again. She's such a good actress for like the (laughs) single mom part. Cause like, she's just so believable. She's just like, I'm done with you right now. Like (laughs) I work so hard, you know, like. Well, it's one of those things like I always want to stand for Joyce, but then Joyce does do trash things. That's, my mom doesn't like Joyce. My mom thinks that Joyce like jilt, jilted Buffy too much and yeah. like didn't understand. I mean, the end of season two is the ultimate trash yeah. Joyce move. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe, in, in, you know, I've never thought about this, but like maybe in a way this is like foreshadowing that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, she thinks of Buffy as a burden sometimes and like, she, this is so much about but this season is so much about Buffy growing up and this episode really explores all of that um, in the context of her relationship with her mother that's true yeah. and like she's getting upset that Buffy can't take responsibility and then I don't know it's just like maybe she really does pop off at the end of the season because she just had it and I also mean, also oh, no. if we're to, if we're gonna go off of like we are watching these two episodes together in the previous episode, her boyfriend turned out to be a robot, which Joyce doesn't really know that that's what but happened. But she knows but he at least, like, yeah, beat them she, up. Yeah, she really cared about this this guy who, like, turns out to be crazy. So there's that. And Angel says something in the previous episode that's, like, the worst thing in the world is to be lonely. Yeah. So, like, you know, we get this, like, Joyce's loneliness is very powerful at the end when they're sitting on the porch. And I think that that's really emphasized in this episode, her... Her like you know frustration. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not like a Joyce apologist either. Like I don't love Joyce. Yeah. I'm not like your mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I don't love her character and the way I agree. Like the way she treated Buffy wasn't always good. But it's one of those things where I, at first talking about Joyce, I always want to stand for her. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I have to, it's kind of like your fave is problematic type thing. It's like <laughs> yeah. immediately I think of Joyce. I'm like, oh my god, she's so great. I mean, except like, for that so time. So sad when she dies. And then yeah. like, except for that time that she. Oh, and she also like. <laughs> and then, like by the time I'm like, wait a minute, Joyce is trash. It's like, oh wait, she kicked her daughter out of the house for being a vampire slayer. Like, right. um, but also you pointed out, Kim, that it's one of the first times Joyce actually is like in on the supernatural stuff. Yeah. Because, like, in School Hard, she meets the vampires, but she doesn't really see, like... She doesn't know they're vampires. At least it's like, oh, a vampire does look like a person, and you can explain that away as, oh, it's a gang. But, like, this, you can't really... And also their, like, excuse of it's a gas break. What the hell was she, like, in the basement? First of all, why does a high school have a basement? <laughs> My husband think, did not have a basement. I think they had basements, we just didn't know where they were. We had, like, a secret passageway between, this is actually kind of crazy, between the band room and the chorus room. Really? So if you went into the closet, there was, like, this, like, tra- this is for real. There's this trap door on the floor. I went to Cherry Hill East, guys, if <laughs> any of you go there. Oh, my God. Uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. There's a trap door in the floor of the band room in D-Wing, and it led to, it was, like, an underground passageway to the chorus room. I never made it all the way down there, but we definitely, like, went down there it's like a crawl space and so my mom said because my mom went to the same high school that it was something that they built during like you know times when like nuclear bomb threats or whatever as like a thing for people to go and hide in who knows if that's true but that's what she said so not a basement though. so my underground tunnel story is that i went to fordham but i went to fordham in lincoln center not in the bronx but at fordham in the bronx we were brought on a t- on like a ghost tour of Fordham at one point like it was I was living there during the summer and I was like helping to hu- make this huge Jesuit conference happen there and so like we were there just these the students for a while and like the older the other kids who were from Rose Hill the Bronx campus like they took this tour anyway 
long ago in Fordham's history, there used to be like a medical school there. And so like there were cadavers on campus and there's one hall, like one, um, residence hall that used to be where the cadavers were. And so to this day, there's like reports that students feel their toes getting tagged at night. Cause like, there's all this like mystical energy there, but there is a tunnel beneath the residence hall that goes to another building. And it's where they used to bring the cadavers underground. So they didn't have to wheel them oh. above ground. And so we didn't go through the tunnel, but we got to the start of the tunnel. They brought us to where the tunnel was and let us like look inside. That's cool. And it was like a big tunnel or yeah, was, it was it like huge. cramped? Oh, okay. It was big. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, I can't believe I never knew that there was... We were friends at high school. <laughs> I mean, you know, who knows? It's not, Maybe you didn't if tell you me didn't go to my high school, then it's not that exciting, I guess. I went there a few times with you. <laughs> but it's not like I could be like, let's get into the yeah, band yeah. room. Although who back even then, knows? maybe. How do you even, I don't even remember what happened that we even got in there, but I definitely remember being down there. Um, so, I think, let's, so to wrap this up. Yes. What do you, what grade do you give Ted and what grade do you give Bad Eggs? So we go on an A through F system here. Yeah. A through F. Jim is a tough grader. I am, yeah. Jim I'm is a, is a I'm professor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I watched the episode after Bad Eggs, which I would give like an A plus. Um yeah. like pretty like that's a great episode. Okay. Um I would give Bad Eggs a B minus, a strong B minus though. Right? I thought you just said an A. No, no, she's talking about surprise. The one she that's oh. after these Oh, two. right, right. Yeah. yeah, that is an A. Yeah, yeah that's like an A+. Plus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say like a B-. minus. Like, you know, there's some good things in here, but, you know, you could have tried a little harder. You're just like, oh, average-ish. Um, and Ted? I mean, I don't want to fail it. <laughs> no, be real, girl. Buffy, be real. <laughs> but I'm going to say I'd give it, depending on, it'd be, depend on my mood, right? Depend on how much Ted pissed me off that day, right? So, Ted either gets like, a D plus <laughs> or like a C minus, right? Like, I okay. don't know. Like, okay. you know, you tried. Did you try though? You could have tried harder. <laughs> I really don't want to fail you, but you Ian. don't, you didn't really do that great. Okay. So I'm actually like in line with Kim. I give bad eggs a straight B. Okay. Um, cause I also give it points cause I always take off points for the earlier episodes just because of like, sometimes they're just like the so nineties and the production. And I think this actually does a good job of like, Almost sidestepping a lot of the, like, crappy 90s stuff. Can I interrupt you? There's a pretty bad scene where Xander knocks Cordy out. Yeah. Which that, I think, added to my giving it a negative no, thing. No, Cordy knocks Xander out. No, no he, he knocks, also knocks her out. At the end. When and he literally she, oh, says... Oh, when she's, the, when she's yeah. under the influence of the bazaar. And he's not under the influence. And I know we weren't going to Cordy praise in Xander Slam, but here we go. He literally says right before he knocks her out, Cordelia, I don't want to hurt you. Some of the time. And I was like, you motherfucker. Uh, yeah. So that, like, really, like, even though I love Bad Eggs more than I love Ted. That's fair. That's fair. Eggs, that, I think, made it lower. Okay. That's fair. So, so I give it a straight B. And Ted, I think I would give a straight C. Okay. So. Uh-oh. I give Ted an F. Oh shit! I just really dislike it. <laughs> like, on you a would fundamental just be like, level. Redo. Do I this just, whole episode I just, over. Yeah, I just feel like. There are so many things that are just clunky about it. Even the chocolate chip cookies are clunky. Like, it's a very obvious thing when you're watching a TV show and it's a monster of the week where they introduce an element that's going to be, like, a thing later and they do it so clunkily. Like, they have whole scenes where they're all talking about, like, how great his chocolate chip cookies (laughs) are. And it's like, okay, we get it. There's something in the cookies. Like, 
there's just so many fundamental writer mistakes I feel like about this episode. All right. Um, that I just can't get on board with it. Okay. And then I and then so if that was too low on the other end with bad eggs, I think I'm gonna go too high and I'm gonna say like B plus A minus. Okay. Uh, that border grade that would have okay. driven me crazy in college if I had gotten. That. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what can I do to make this an A? I know. I'm always like B it's plus like, A minus. Is just the the de- it's just the devil's grade. <laughs> but um, it's it's so almost. At A minus, but there are just a few clunky season two things that hmm. keep it from going full there. So the school I teach at now, we don't have pluses and minuses. So it's just A B C D F. So weird. It makes it a little easier to grade, but also harder. I, I one I know there's a school I went to that had that. I think it might have been grad school that didn't do that, but I don't remember. Also, I just want to point out this is one of the first times I've like done the artwork before the episode. I used a dry erase marker on the Buffy, and it did not come off. <laughs> like we, me and Matthew brainstormed. You're like, oh, a dry erase but marker why will come, it off. come off. It's dry erase. It should, but it did not. And Have you applied wetness to it? I, I even used alcohol swabs after. Yeah, but you tried to dry erase first, right? Yeah, no, I just used a paper, like a paper towel. towel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it like kind of came off, but wasn't really coming off, so I had to put water on it, and then it mostly came off, but there's still like, and then more of it came off with the alcohol swab, but there's still like, it just looks like she's dirty. Mm. Um, and when I was trying to scratch on her face, I like scratched the paint like completely off in one spot of her face. So I put a lot of hard, hard work into this. <laughs> so before we close out, now that we've given grades, we do have to talk about the fact that Bad Eggs ends so perfectly. Yeah. Because yes. it ends with Buffy and Angel just like being super in love, making out. <coughs> Sorry. I told you I was cough. I was told you I was sick. Um, super in love, uh, kissing, going against Trace's rules just but to also, be together. But also following them. Well, just going against but following. Yeah, yeah. Following the way that a teenager knows how to strategically follow rules. Yes. yes. Um, she's not but doing Kim, anything that would get Kim would have done that. Yes. My window's never open. <laughs> but we know that next episode shit's gonna yeah. go down. So I just also think that that's another reason that I really love this episode because it is a episode that is written to be a an introduction to what's coming next but you don't you don't have to have right it can, yeah. it's a self-contained one-off episode but like it's all about buffy and her mom and buffy yeah. and angel and it's like actually a perfect like introduction to all the themes that are going to kind of pop off yeah. in the next I agree episode with that. also to point out in the episode before Giles and Miss Calendar make up and are kissing and like so in love. Yes. And then now Angel and Buffy are so in love and are setting up because Giles Whedon loves to do that to be like, look how in love these people are. They're all gonna die. Like. Well, and also uh, Cordy and uh, Sandra are making out in the closet a lot. So there's lots of making out. Yeah. And also I thought it was interesting, like all the different places they made out. So like uh, Buffy and Angel are making out in the graveyard. Yeah. And. Cordy and Xander are making out closet. like the janitorial closet. <laughs> I was trying to again read Where do Giles and lot. Jenny make out? In, in the, the library. library. That's in, the in library. Ted, yeah. Because yeah. Buffy looks in the window and sees them making out. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. So there's a lot set up for that. Everyone's gonna be doomed, as they always say, their love's their love is doomed. Make sure to listen next week when we talk about surprise did we do surprise innocence yes we're doing it as one episode, right? Yeah, one episode. One episode where we talk about surprise innocence because that is the episode. Joss Whedon's favorite episode. Joss Whedon's favorite episode. It's the episode that changes what Buffy is, so make sure to tune in next week. We have two special guests. Two special guests. Um, Um, And follow us on Twitter. Uh, What is your Twitter handle? I am at Kim and Joe South. And she is the editor-in-chief of Gigantic Sequins, which is literally a magazine that me and Kim work for. Um, And you can follow me on Twitter at Ian X Carlos. 
You can follow me at Matthew Rodriguez with one T and a G and a Z. And you can follow our podcast on Twitter at SlayerFestX98. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.